comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. This is my 11th year of pastoring. I've seen a lot of disgusting things about people who are seemingly super spiritual but don't know God at all. A true spiritual person is not known by his tongues, is not known by his prayer life, is not known as good as all of these are. The most outstanding characteristic trait of a person who knows God is his love life. Praise God. If your love life is not genuine, if you can't get on with people, if you are that divisive type, if you are that Confucius type, creating confusion, tension everywhere you go, let me tell you, you are here to experience the true knowledge of God. You don't know God. You can have vision, you can have prophecy, you can have dream. All of that are fake. If it is not rooted in love, Paul was speaking. He said, if I speak tongues of men, tongues of angels, I have faith, I can do all kinds of miracles, and I have no love, I am nothing. I'm useless as nothing. Praise God. That's why love is important. And you, it's, it's God's nature. It is what really manifests us to the world. He says, let us love one another. Love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He said, he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now look at verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, he says, in this is love, not that we love God, that, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now look at verse number 11 with me and let's read it together. One go. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Say, if God so loved us. If God so loved us. How? John chapter 3 verse 16 for God so loved so if God so loved we must also love praise God no apostle John the author of John the book of John the epistle of John is also the author of the first John second John and third John he's the one who wrote all of them and he was speaking he said if God so loved us we ought to love one another I told you earlier on that in the New Testament, if you really want to be very technical and you want to limit yourself to New Testament, a New Testament by New Testament, limiting yourself technically to New Testament, we are talking about the book of Acts, we are talking about the epistles, all the letters. When we talk about New Testament, practically and technically, those are the New Testament. But of course, the work that Jesus did also set the stage for the New Testament. The New Testament began after Jesus died and resurrected. Everything that happened afterwards is deemed as in the New Testament. When Jesus ascended and the Holy Ghost came, then the New Testament church was born. And if you want to be very technical and look at the New Testament, you will see that you would hardly ever find any express command that says that love God in the New Testament. As important as it is. It's important because everything... 
you, you can't love God. The, our, he said, if God so loved us, we should love one another. But you know what? God did not say we should love him. He said we should love one another. And by loving one another, people see that we love God. That is why it is not clearly stated there. When we love one another with the God kind of love, people will see that we are actually in love with God. That's why John says that if any man say, I love God and he hates his brother, he doesn't know God at all. Praise God. So, do you say you love God? Are you sure you love God? Then check your love for your neighbor. Starting from your wife if you are married. Starting from your friends if you are not married. Starting from how you relate to one another in church. Starting from your neighborhood. How can you a Christian be in the neighborhood and you are, in, you are at war with everybody in the neighborhood? How can you even invite them to church? At war. There are some people when you see them come, you will change course and pass somewhere else. Child of God, that's a sign of a child of a devil, not a child of God. Praise God. Walk in love. We want to look at the command to walk in love. Somebody said the command to walk in love. You see, in the New Testament, we don't have too many commandments to deal with, but there's a command. There's a command. John chapter 13, verse 34. See that with me. It's a command. A new commandment. Read that with me. One go. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, so that you also love one another. Somebody say a new commandment. I mean, if there is a new commandment, there must first be an old commandment. Praise God. Uh So, there is a new commandment because there was an old commandment. I will be looking at the old versus the new. The old, they had a number of them. But in the new, we don't have many. Praise God. Look at John 15, 12. John 15, 12. John 15, 17. And then, 1 John. He said, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. This is my... Oh, say, this is my... Who is speaking here? Jesus. He said, this is my commandment. One, he says, a new commandment. That supposes that... Presupposes that there is an old commandment. Then he said, this is my commandment. It means that there was a certain commandment that was not from him. It was a commandment that was given from, to somebody else or from somebody else. And that commandment can be seen as the commandment of Moses. Praise God. Now go to verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. It's a command. Somebody say it's a command. <laughs> say it, it's a command. You see, our love work is not a choice. It's a command. Praise God. It's a command. God does not suggest to you that if you like walk in love, maybe you should try and walk in love. No. He commands you, walk in love. That's a command. First John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. He said, if someone says, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Verse 21. This commandment we have from him. We have from who? This is John speaking. He said, this is the commandment we receive from him. What commandment was he talking about? John 13 verse 34. He said, the new commandment I give you. So John was speaking and he said, this is the commandment. Go back. 1 John 4.21. And this is the commandment we have from him. In other words, we have received from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. This is a very tough subject I'm going to deal with. But 
I'll just do it in two months and then come to it later. Praise God. I told you love traverses from Genesis to Revelation. So it's not something that we can use two months to exhaust. But the way I perceive, I may just do one or two things. We will look at what love is not. Maybe when I finish the capacity to love. But, but you must understand the command and then understand your capacity to love before you start loving. Praise God. Understand the command. We have established why the call was given. Now we are trying to see the command. So, do you agree love is a command? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Love is a command. It's, it's clear. Even if you don't agree, the word of God says so. So, you must praise God. Love is a command. And in this teaching, we are focusing on two areas. We are looking at the biblical facts about the command to love. Somebody say the biblical facts. And then, see, we will look at the biblical focus about the command to love. The biblical facts and the biblical focus. So, first with the biblical facts. The first fact scripture establishes about the command to love is the fact that it was the greatest of all the commandments in the Old Testament. Somebody say the command to love was the greatest of all the commandments in the Old Testament. You see, the command to love was among a number of commands in the Old Testament. It was not solo. It was among a number of commands in the Old Testament. The commandment that a lot of people are very familiar with in Scripture is the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments is actually a small microcosm of about 613 commandments. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a small aspect of a commandment, about 613 or 615 overall commandments. So that's it. And of all these commandments, there was one that somebody went to Jesus, a lawyer, an aspect of the law went to Jesus and asked him. Gen, uh, Matthew chapter 24, 22 verse 34 to... Then when the Pharisees said that he had silenced the Sadducees with their reply, they met together to question him again. 35. One of them, an expert in religious law. So this man was not just an ordinary person. Then King James says, a lawyer, learned person, came to him. And a lawyer, not just any lawyer. There is a constitutional lawyer. There is an industrial lawyer. This one is a religious one. He knew the letter of the law. Every aspect of it. Religious aspect. Tried to trap him with this question. Look at verse number 36. Teacher, which is the most important in the law of Moses? Now, please understand that we are looking at here. The question was the law of Moses. So he was not talking about the law of Christ. He was talking about the law of Moses. So this man comes to him and says, because they were Jews and that, that is, it was the law. The law, religious lawyers were people who prided themselves in, the, in their knowledge of the law so much. So, he says, which of these is the greatest in the law of Moses? Verse 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Two. Second is equally important. Love your neighbor as your... 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 Please, that is not... Vainful emphasis. This is a very important emphasis. You come to know it. 
A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, he says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, what Jesus said was that when you put all the, the prophets, the, the books of the prophets, because the books of the prophets and then the law of Moses, uh, Genesis, Exodus, all of them together, everything was anchored on these two commandments. Are you following? Now, this was the greatest. Where did this one come from? And you see, when you look, if you are very familiar with the Ten Commandments, you will even see that this one was part of the Ten Commandments. It was not. It was not an explicit part of the Ten Commandments. But it was still captured under the law. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 5. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That is what Jesus quoted. Now, Go to Leviticus 19, 17, and 18. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. This one really ministered to me this morning. This is under the law. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. Under the law. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. Look at verse 18. He said, you shall not take vengeance. So even under the law, vengeance was forbidden. <laughs> We will come here. <laughs> under the law. Under the law. Where an, a tooth for a tooth. An eye for an eye. <laughs> it was also captured somewhere. Praise God. He said, Nor bear any grudge against your, the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So Jesus picked one from Deuteronomy. He picked another one from uh, Leviticus. Because all the books of Moses summarizes to be the law. So, out of this, Jesus said, these two are the greatest of 613 commandments. Isn't that amazing? So we are saying that the first biblical fact is that it was the greatest of all the commandments in the Old Testament. In the Old, Old, it was. Now let's come to two. Unlike the many commandments in the Old Testament, the command to love is the only commandment in the New Testament. You see? In the old, they have too many to deal with. But in the new, we don't have too many. We don't have what? We don't have too many. We don't have one. We don't have two. We don't, we don't have uh, two. We don't have three. We just have one. That's why in the New Testament, if you are not walking in love, God says you don't know him. Because that is the only thing that truly uh, reflects God to people who don't know God. The only thing that truly reflects God to people who don't know God is our love life. John chapter 13 verse 34. Thank you, Spirit of God. A new commandment. Somebody say a new commandment. A new commandment. I give unto you that you ought love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Love one another as I have. Love one another as I have. One commandment, John 15, 12. This is my commandment. John 15, 12, please. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. That's one commandment. May the Lord help us to walk in love. Yes. May you receive the grace to walk in love. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. Now, that's it. So, it's only one commandment in the New Testament and it's a command to walk in love. Number three, the command to love 
in the Old Testament is different from the command to love in the New Testament. This is also very important. The command to love. This one, we are not looking at the command to do anything. We are just looking at the love command. The command to love. And we are analyzing it from the old. We are coming into the new. And we are saying that in the old, it was one among many. In the new, it is the only. We are doing comparing and contrasting. Now, in the old, it was said in a particular, it was couched in a particular way. In the new, it is also, the physiology is different from the one here. Now, come to the new one. In the new, how is it given out? John 13, 34. John 15, 12. Let's read it together. One go. Good. John 15, 12. Uh-huh. The new commandment is Jesus' commandment. Do you understand? Uh-huh. The new commandment. The man went to ask him about the greatest commandment in the old, and he gave it to him. Then, at that time, Jesus had not spoken about his own commandment. When he started, he said, I'm also going to give you my commandment. My commandment is that you love one another. My commandment is a new commandment, and my commandment is from me. Now, look at the old, how the old was given out. Matthew 22, verse 38 to 39. This is the first and greatest commandment. That is loving God, number two. He said, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as your... Love your neighbor as your... Now, let's look at John 15, 12, and let's see how we are supposed to love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have. Do you see the difference? One says, love your neighbor as yourself. Another says, love as I have loved you. That's the difference. It's a major difference. It looks like grammar, but it makes all the difference. Love as he has loved you. In all my years of pastoring, I realized that everybody wants to be loved by God and feel the love of God. But the thing that is very difficult for most people is for us to love other people the way God loves us. The way God loves us. Loving people the way God loves us. Or loving people the way we want God to love us. That's the difficulty. When it comes to loving Edda and Kama, I want to love him in a certain way. But when God is loving me, I want God to love me in a particular way. Accept all and don't harbor anything. Forgive me. I mean, I want God to have all of that. But when it comes to him, the standard is different. Turn to your neighbor and say, the standard cannot be different. Yeah. That is double standard. God says, this is my commandment. Love your neighbor as I have loved you. The old said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. In the first service, I was saying that there are people who don't understand what it means to love themselves. They don't love themselves. They don't. They don't at all. There are some people, when they are even spending on themselves, they feel guilty. It's a symptom of a poor love for yourself. Some people are so conscious of saving every money they have that when you see them, it's as if they are needy. You see, it's not bad to save. It's very important to save. But to save and be looking tattered and shattered 
That doesn't honor God. Am I communicating somebody? It doesn't. It doesn't. That people who are poor, they, they cannot simply go into a good restaurant once a month to eat one good food. <laughs> it's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Listen, when you don't have it, be content. When you get it, use it. Am I communicating? Yeah, use it. Use it. Use it. Use it. You see, all of these things that you are keeping, you will die. And God forbid, and have a, a foolish person inherit you. They will blow it up. You use 50 years to keep it. They will blow it up in 50 days. Am I communicating here? It's very important. Save. Be a strategic saver. But love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. When you can afford brand new clothes, why do you buy used clothes? Why? No, it's, it's, it, it, it just proves that you don't love yourself. You don't love yourself. Yeah. When you don't have it, like when I was a student, there was a place at the, what do you call it, uh, railway, interior. I'll go there, and when I pick it up, and I come, and I put my towel on, on campus, everybody will bow. You don't know the source. Start it. <laughs> Praise God. No. That was at the time. Praise God. Yeah. But when the season change, change some. Amen. Change some. If the time permits, I will teach on self-love. Yeah, because it's one of the things. It's one of the things. Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. So, if you are dealing with somebody who doesn't, the reason why Jesus said that in the new commandment, don't love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as he has loved you. Because he knew that there are some people who may not love themselves. And so, if the standard is a human being, if you don't love yourself, when you are loving me, it will not be love. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people, eh? They just keep on telling themselves, I'm not worth much. Nothing good can come out of my... They, they speak negativity. Some lecturer or teacher told them a lot of bad things and they have meditated upon it. It has multiplied and now they are speaking it to themselves. Now, when you are around such a person, he will only be speaking negativity into your life. Negativity. Negativity. Because there's no self-love so he cannot express... He can't give you what he's not got. Praise God. But in the New Testament, thank God for Jesus. He said, don't love as you, have, as you love yourself. Love as I have loved you. How did God love us? That's why we need to understand that one. And that one is even a whole man something. Understanding the love of God, that's another. It's, it's not within the series. Praise God. But that's very important. When you understand the love of God, you will, you will care much less about what's going on. Praise God. So we are saying that the command to love in the Old Testament is different from the command to love in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, number four, obedience to the command to love was equivalent to fulfilling all the laws in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, all you needed to do to fulfill all the laws was to work in love. Somebody say work in love. That was all you needed. That was all you needed. If you walked in love, let's look at that. Romans chapter 13 verse 8. Romans 13. Are you there? Okay. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. Look at your neighbor and tell him that you owe me love. You owe me love. Yeah. 
You owe him love. You owe him love. You owe him love. Amen. Tell the person, the only thing I owe you is love. <laughs> but if you owe him his money, go and pay it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Now look at this. He says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Somebody say, fulfilled the law. He has fulfilled the law. He has fulfilled the Old Testament. Now look at this. If you are saying, how do I fulfill the law? Then he begins to explain. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed in this. Saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Praise God. Now, in the old commandment, among many commandments, you shall not commit adultery. All right? Adultery is going to bed with a woman who is married. All right? That's adultery. Now, he says, when you walk in love, you won't commit adultery because when you love your neighbor as yourself, even at that level, would you like somebody to go and sleep with your wife? Would you want somebody to sleep with your husband? So, why are you wanting to jump on somebody's wife? Praise God. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. When you bring it in, will you pick somebody's iPhone? Why? Why? You want somebody to pick your iPhone? The one you just bought. You come to church, you, you, you are lifting your hands, and by the time you turn, it's not... Oh! Oh! <laughs> Praise God! Now, would you want somebody to do that to you? Will you be happy if they took it? Okay, let me say a Chinese one. If I take your Chinese phone. The, 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 the Chinese, the low-grade one. You have a Chinese phone. Even Chinese phone, you wouldn't be happy that somebody takes something that belongs to you. Then he says, in the old commandment, he said, you shall not steal. And why? Because when you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't steal from your neighbor. Praise God. Uh -huh. So, he says, all of that are fulfilled in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, he says, love does no harm to the neighbor. Now, if you look at the Old Testament, all the laws were given to one protect relationships. That's why I told you earlier. One of the things that's most important to God is relationships. If you are somebody who breaks relationship, you disturb relationship, you scatter people, be warned because you, 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 it's something God hates. Praise God. God hates it passionately. Everything. Relationship matters so much to God that he says when you are bringing a gift to him and you remember that somebody has something. There's an issue between you and somebody. Drop your gift, your money. Drop it and go. He didn't say take it back. He said drop it. <laughs> and go and reconcile. Praise God. Before you come back. Both are revelations. Drop it and go. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But go and resolve the matter. Resolve it. Resolve it. What use is buying a TV for church where you are living with your wife and for two months you are not talking? That's not what God, that's not what God is pleased with. That's not. That's not. That's not. That's not Christianity. <laughs> that's hypocrisy. Praise God. Yeah. Hypocrisy. No wonder the Bible says people could even give and there will be no love. 
sometime to come, I will teach on negative reasons why people give. People give for negative, all manner of reasons. A man can buy you a Mercedes. GLK. And he bought it not because he loves you. All he wants is to get, get you on bed. That's all. He, 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 he's monitored you closely for two years and concluded that's your price. That's your price. So the moment it's bought, you are on the floor. How, how valueless are you if Mercedes is your price? Praise God. Yeah. It's something that can crash in a moment. The Bible says, love does no harm to his neighbor. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. No harm. No harm. When you think evil about people, you are doing them harm. Praise God. When you speak ill about people, something that is not, you, is not founded anywhere, you fabricate and you spread it about people, you are doing them harm. And the Bible said, love doesn't do that. Praise God. Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't do that. Do you know that in the New Testament, we are not called to fulfill the law because there's no law to fulfill. <laughs> the Bible said, there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit. In the Old Testament, they had laws. In the New Testament, we have the law of the spirit. And the law of the spirit operates by the fruit of the spirit, which is love. That's the law of the spirit. When you function with the fruit of the spirit, it will interest you to know that there will be no law against you. Praise God. Galatians chapter 5. That's why it's important. In the Old Testament, they were fulfilling the law. And some of them could even fulfill it. You remember a gentleman who went to Jesus and said, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, You know the commandment. He said, Thou shalt not commit. He said, I've done all of them. Jesus said, Wonderful. You've tried. Go and sell all you have and give it to the, that one he couldn't honor. Praise God. Because his heart was in the thing. Critical. Galatians chapter 5, verse 21. Thank you, Spirit of God. Galatians 5, 22, please. Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody say the fruit of a Spirit. Say the fruit of a Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit. Under normal circumstances, if you was, he actually wanted to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. He, in fact, even grammatically construction, you see that it's not because you don't say the fruit of the spirit and you begin to list. You say the fruits of the spirit. But the truth of the matter is that there is only one fruit of the spirit. Amen? There's only what? One fruit of the spirit. I know we live in a, a, a highly technological world where you can do all kinds of things. But by nature, every tree bears one type of fruit. Is that not it? Every tree, mango, mango, orange, orange, every tree. And the Bible says we are trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. So what fruit are we supposed to be known with? The Bible says in the book of Matthew, by their fruit, we shall know them. By their fruit, by their fruit, by their fruit. What fruit are we supposed to be known by? Jesus said that fruit in the book of John chapter 13 verse 35. Let's look at the fruit we are supposed to be known by. So that 
by this all men will know. Can you see that? All men will know that we are what? His disciples because there is fruit of what? Love. The fruit of love. By the fruit of love. And Galatians was telling us, so when you read Galatians chapter 5 verse 21, don't just be thinking wild about many fruits of the spirit. No. When love is in place, all the other fruits will manifest. Oh, joy will manifest. Peace will manifest. The reason why you are a cantankerous person is that you can't be at peace with people, create confusion, tension everywhere. It's because love is not in place. When love is in place, you will be peaceable. When love is in place, you'll be faithful. You'll be faithful. You'll be faithful. You'll be faithful. Goodness. Can you love people and not want to do them good? Can you love people and not want to be kind? If you like, check uh, first, first Corinthians chapter 13. He said, love is kind. Love is patient. Every love rejoices. So, when you are looking for the fruit of the spirit, find love. And when love is found, the fruit of the spirit will follow. Amen. Give me an amen. amen. Number five. The command to love. The command to love. The command to love. The command to love is practical and never theoretical. Somebody say the command to love. Say the command to love. Uh huh. The command to love. Jesus was, John was speaking by the Spirit. He says, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know that because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Verse 17. He says, But whoever has this word's goose, follow it, and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? Verse 18. Look at this. My little children, let us what? Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. Amen? So you can love in word and tongue, but we are to love in deed and truth. Our love must be practiced by action, by our action. In the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 25, Luke 10 25, good, thank you. A certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Somebody say eternal life. life. Say eternal life. Yeah. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? 27. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28. Then he says, he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Verse. But he wanting to justify himself said to him, who is my neighbor? Somebody say, who is my neighbor? neighbor. Uh Now Jesus has talked about, quoted the Lord to explain love. And now he's given us practical expression, practical avenue for the demonstration of love. So he cited a story just to demonstrate to us how love functions. Then he says, who is my neighbor? Look at that. A certain man went down from Jericho to Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who was stripped of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. 32. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. 34. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took two denarii. 
gave it to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend. When I come back, I'll repay you. Verse 36. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among thieves? Amen. Who was a neighbor? All of them were neighbors. Praise God. All of them. So what Jesus was saying was that anytime you see somebody in a need, you have capacity to meet. That person is a neighbor. Praise God. That person is what? A neighbor. That person is a neighbor. Somebody delivers a child around your area and you know they are economically challenged and you have pampas to bless them with. That's good neighborliness. Praise God. That person is your neighbor. Your neighbor is also somebody who, who is in need. Okay? Both are neighbors. The man who was wounded needed the, the, those other three guys who passed as neighbors. So, you could either be a neighbor in need or you can be a neighbor meeting a need. I don't know whether I understand. You are a neighbor when you are meeting a need and you are a neighbor when your needs are also being met. Praise God. And when you are in church, you want to be a a good neighbor. Praise God. There are some people, they are always looking to receive. Collecting doesn't make you a good neighbor. You can either be a neighbor giving or a neighbor receiving. But by all means, you are a neighbor. Say an amen. amen. Say an amen. amen. Number six, the command to love. Somebody say the command to love. The command to love, command to love cannot be obeyed in the energy of the flesh. We talk about love a lot, but we experience love in very few relationships. A lot of people start out in relationships as being in love, but you realize that as the relationship goes on, Love is really, real love becomes very scarce. Finding real love becomes a challenge. Why? Because when we say we love, we may love for many reasons. In the Old Testament, actually, there was only one word that was used for love in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when they said, I love God, the same word used for I love God was also the same word you could use for I love cats, I love football, I love, so <laughs> when you say I love music, it's not different from I love food. When you say I love my wife, it's not different from I love football. That was how they were using it in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, when they say I love, it means a number of things. Just to spare you the, the, the bottom of Greeks and Hebrew. You see, Three kinds of love. And maybe we, we will see it. Even in the Old Testament, they used to uh, practice it. But they just that they didn't name it right. Love could be one. You love people because they are there for you when you need them. You need food, you go to Pat's house and food is available. And you like to go there. Amen? You go there. You go there every time because... She's always welcoming, smiling, receiving you, never complaining. And you have more than enough to eat and drink. So you keep on going there. Yeah. And you are going there not because you love part. You are going there not because you are, you are going there because stomach direction. You see? So that is love that is selfish. Love that meets only your needs. There are some men and some women who only open up for sex in marriage when they feel like it. Yeah. When, when they want to have sex, then they will, they will draw closer to the man. When they don't want, they, they will be putting up an attitude. Praise God. Yeah. 
I like the way you are quiet. You don't want me to talk about things you talk and think about. Then I'm not that preacher. Praise God. Selfish. Selfish. It's just meeting their own needs. That's all. So they, they, they love. And you think that they love. But actually, the love is only meeting their needs. Okay. Then we have the kind of love which is scratch my hand, I scratch your hand. Come for my mother's funeral, I'll come for your father's funeral. Come for my wedding, I'll be at your wedding. When you do me good as a wife, I'll do you better. When you do me worse, I'll do you worse. <laughs> now, you see, that is also another kind of love. And then, the kind that Jesus was talking about is what the Greek calls it agapio or agape. It simply means love that gives without expecting anything in return. In other words, I'll be kind to you. I will treat you well. I will bless you. I'll be there for you even if you are never there for me. Can you imagine how your home will be if you begin to love your wife like that? Can you imagine how your home will be if you love your husband like that? Can you imagine how your home will be if the church will be like that? Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Very important. Very important. People easily get offended because something happened to them and we didn't come. Somebody didn't come, so they are not going. In fact, most of the time, when you want people to attend your wedding, you have to be attending a lot of weddings. That's not Christian love. That's not Christian love because there are times where people really want to be at your event, but legitimately are constrained by a challenge and they couldn't show up. And there are people who will not even talk to you because they didn't show up. I have some bosses who sends you an invitation for an event, and if you are not able to honor it, you will receive a WhatsApp from them in the next one year. life is that? Praise God. By all means, endeavor to be there for people when they need you. But when people are not able to make it to your event, it's a test of agape. When they have a challenge, it is a test of agape. They didn't come to yours. Because see, Jesus was speaking to them. He said, if you do good to those who are good to you, what difference do you have? The, you see, the, the thing that makes our love unique is the fact that we are able to love people who are unlovable. Praise God. That's why we are saying that agape love cannot be fulfilled, obeyed in the energy of the flesh. You can't love that way in the natural. In the natural, now you are kind to the person. No. No, no. That's how you treat him. Naturally. But in the agape, you have to be kind. Praise God. But you go on your knees and pray for him. If you can still help him, you give him a token. That's Christianity. That's godliness. That's godliness. Not the type where because a person cheated you, you are praying that he will collapse and die and leave his children. I'm telling you. All people, people like this, are, they gather, go to most churches, you see them gather in numbers, thousands, and everybody is praying for somebody to die. What kind of witchcraft Christianity is that? What kind of demonic Christianity? Where do we get this from? Praise God. Get it from. You can't love like Christ unless you're empowered by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It's not natural. So you even when you are doing it, your mind will be telling you you are you are you are fooling yourself. Your wife has done something nasty and she should come apologizing and she's priding herself, acting arrogantly around. And for three days, because you are not ready to let go, you are not talking to each other. It's not it's not necessary, husband. 
You are the head. If she won't submit, just submit and tell her, hey, that nonsense, I'll forgive you. Come. Let's move on. That's all. Why should you put your, let your home be boiling for three days because somebody has decided to walk foolishly? Praise God. There are a lot of issues if we just walk in love. There won't be counseling. There won't be counseling. A lot of things sometimes when people come, you are counseling and you see that the root cause is love. Love People who don't like you, you can pray for people who hate you. You can, I've done it over the years. That's why I'm alive and I'm well. And for years, I've not been to the hospital. That's, that's basically it. There are things people have done to me. If I keep it in my heart, when I see them, I may collapse. Because, you see, you went all out to help the person. And when you hear what the person is saying, when you hear what the person is doing behind you just to see you destroyed, it's, it's even a miracle that you are not destroyed. Praise God. Yeah. Because people are doing things against you and you are still moving on. So when you find that one out, why should they stop you from doing what you are supposed to do? I don't know whether you got what I'm saying. There are things people are doing against you before this time you didn't know it. And while they were doing it, you are still moving on. Now you have found that one out and you are going to be stuck. You are going to allow yourself to become stagnant because you are developing a negative attitude to something they were doing and you didn't know and you are moving forward in spite of. May the Lord give somebody understanding. As I close, who are we to love? Who are we to love? A number of people. Number one, love yourself. That's the biblical focus of love. Where should we focus agapayo? One, on yourself. Love yourself. Number two, on our neighbors. Number three, on our brethren. Number four, our friends and loved ones. Friends and loved ones. Number four, our foes, those who don't like us. We have to love them. And then all people, stand on your feet. Bow down your head and put your hand on your heart. And thank God for the capacity he has given you to love. Just thank God. Because you see, you have the capacity to do this. What I'm telling you, what it takes to do it. Put your hand on your heart and thank God. Lord, I thank you for the capacity. Thank you for the grace that you have given me. The grace that is in my heart. The grace. The grace that is in me. The grace that is strong in my heart. Somebody open your mouth and speak to God. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 540 or 204 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you. Bye.